Welcome to part two of our conversation with Brooks Hoffman and Kevin Hagen from Iron Mountain. In part one, we discuss the challenges that e-waste presents for healthcare and life sciences organizations. In this section, we'll begin to explore ways that organizations can begin tackling their e-waste challenges and start to think of more environmentally sound ways to manage their electronics. Let's jump in. So understanding the urgency around this issue, how can healthcare and life sciences organizations begin to take a more strategic approach to e-waste to reduce these negative environmental impacts? I think part of the issue here is that historically people have viewed the disposition of their electronic assets as a cost and they've sought to minimize costs. And actually the proper way to look at it is as an investment, not really a cost. And what I mean by that is that they're the benefits of sustainability and data privacy far outweigh the, the dollars and cents involved in disposing of these assets properly. So in order to get started properly, I, I would recommend that organizations focus on three things. The first is to make an inventory. It's important to know where all of your data bearing devices are. Um, and it can be, you know, it can be a little deceptive because a lot of these items. I mean, we traditionally think of laptops and computers as having hard drives, and that's where the data is. But actually, there are a number of assets that you wouldn't normally think of. Uh, for instance, you know, medical monitors, uh, even copiers um, can contain information, store patient information on their hard drives. So it's important to really take a, uh, a full inventory and really understand where your electronics reside. It'll also, as you create that inventory, help to understand at what stage in the asset life cycle your electronic assets stand so that you can plan your refresh cycles and you'll understand your future uh, e-waste disposal needs over time. The second major area I'd focus on would be to incorporate sustainability criteria in your purchasing decisions. We know organizations need devices to function in today's business world. However, wherever possible, we should be asking purchasing and business leaders to evaluate and prioritize devices that are built to last. This idea of sustainable design that I alluded to earlier. Devices that can be easily refreshed, upgraded rather than replaced, or powered on renewable energy should be granted preference. To adopt these more sustainable selection processes, the Electronic Product Environmental Assessment Tool, or EPEAT site, helps people find the most environmentally friendly choices for their electronic devices. The last uh, area I would focus on in establishing a sustainable e-waste management program would be to build a secure and scalable process that enables you to establish a mini circular economy through remarketing IP assets on an ongoing basis. While complete physical destruction of a data-bearing device ensures secure disposition, it's not an environmentally friendly option as it can use up to 20 times as much energy as either reusing the device or remarketing it to a third party. Hey, Kevin, is there anything you might add? So I think that as we think about the challenges of e-waste management, recognizing that it's as much a human factors issue as it is an environmental issue is a pretty important component of how we think about the responsibility of our e-waste streams. What's great about it is there's great solutions, right? Now we're getting better, 
using electronics that have good design in the first place, such as those things that are purchased using the EPEAT standard, helps us to figure out how to dispose of it at the end more responsibly. But we still need more circular economy thinking in the whole design process so that these products can be easily disassembled, remanufactured, and recovered in a way that makes sense for everybody. You know, often we think about managing our waste stream as a cost. And, you know, historically it has been. But what if these materials are valuable? And in fact, they are. And there's a lot of valuable minerals and valuable materials in e-waste. What if we rethought this whole process so that first we, when we're done using these items, we can think about remanufacturing and remarketing them so they can get more life. And then at the really end of life, when there really is no value left in them, we can disassemble them and recover the materials in a way that makes economic sense as well as environmental and social sense. It's really thinking about the whole process in a new way that can help us. Now, no one entity is going to fix this. I mean, you can't solve systems problems in silos. That's the point. But I think collaborating with, uh, with the healthcare providers and with Iron Mountain and other people in the chain, such as uh, eStewards or R2, these organizations can help us collaborate and rethink the design process and rethink the use process in a way that gets the maximum value while taking the most care of these important resources. So what I'm hearing both of you say is that there can be environmental damage done throughout the life cycle of a piece of equipment, but there's opportunities to improve that process from the manufacturing to the disposal. Um, with e-waste and the impact to the environment and human health being the most urgent issue. So, Kevin, you mentioned remarketing. Uh, Brooks, can you tell us a little bit about what that process entails? Sure. And again, I think, you know, put this in context, the, the kind of historical motto for being sustainable was reduce, reuse, recycle. So step one, obviously, want to reduce our consumption of new uh, materials so that, you know, we're not having to manufacture and create all these electronics. The reuse piece is really where you get into the remarketing. So you could either, obviously, it's critical to, to wipe the data on these assets if they're going to be repurposed. Um, so they need to be uh, thoroughly sanitized. And at that point, they can either be redeployed within an organization or uh, donated to uh, charities or even remarketed to third parties. And one of the, well, there's two benefits. One is, again, you're, you're not creating new electronics. You're extending the useful life of uh, a piece of electronics that still works and still has value and function. Number two, organizations, if they do remarket uh, their assets to third parties, can, can lower their total cost of ownership because they typically get a percentage of the resale proceeds from remarketing those assets. When you're working with healthcare or life sciences organizations, uh, we mentioned the emphasis on HIPAA and patient information. Is there some hesitancy from organizations who uh, don't feel secure in remarketing assets and would feel better to fully dispose of them? And, and how do we manage that issue? Sure. And I totally get it. I mean, there's a lot of very valuable and, and very sensitive information resident 
on these assets um, and data security is crucial. These are valid concerns, but they're not insurmountable. And there are a number of solutions and vendors with expertise in this space. The, the key for healthcare and life sciences organizations is really to know what to look for and what to ask when assessing a reuse or remarketing solution. A few things are really mandatory that, that in order to have a successful sustainable device program. The first is asset tracking. It's really important to have a process in place to ensure that every asset designated for remarketing is tracked through the entire life cycle and doesn't go astray. This is the notion of secure chain of custody. Each individual item should be tagged and tracked with a unique barcode in accordance with the nature of the data stored on it. The second piece is secure transport. So there's a lot of focus on the security of the assets when they're within the organization, network security, physical security, et cetera. But what's lost sometimes is that in the disposition process, it's important to be securely transporting those assets to wherever their final destination may be. So you wanna make sure that the vehicles in which these assets are transported are locked, they're alarmed, and they're equipped with GPS tracking so that they'll be secure throughout the entire transport process. Another piece here that's critical is securely erasing the data. You know, we use terms like erasing, wiping, deleting, sanitizing. These terms are not all created equal. Formatting a drive or deleting storage volumes does not erase the data, since software can easily recover what's still there. To permanently destroy deleted data, you need a process in place that either physically overwrites the data with multiple passes or in some way otherwise physically destroys the medium. So all data bearing devices must be sanitized uh, and, and there are international guidelines uh, such as the NIST standard uh, that prescribe certain methods and approaches to data sanitization. So as we think about transitioning to a circular economy, uh, Kevin, you mentioned it's about rethinking systems, which seems really overwhelming. But if organizations start by refurbishing and reusing their electronics, it seems like they're one step down that path. So what are some benefits that they might experience by starting to implement these circular economy practices into how they do business? Circular economy concept asks us to rethink, reduce, reuse, recycle. How about rethink? Because we really have to put the circle together. This linear notion of take, make, waste it has not gotten us where we need to go. And it's really leaving a lot of value on the table. So the notion that we need to like absorb extra cost in order to do this is not always true. And in fact, when we're getting it right, we make an economic argument as well as the environmental and social argument here. The idea that we should be thinking about each step differently helps us to shed some light on new opportunities. Brooks talked about the notion of remarketing. That does require us to think a little bit differently about data security, making sure that devices are truly wiped and with a trusted partner gives us the opportunity to rethink the use of the material and help us uh, you know, get more value from the device as it is. Additionally, we've 
started to create new partnerships. By starting to know the folks in the chain a little bit more, know the ecosystem, we start to make some better choices about how we do things right now. But also we start to learn what the ecosystem looks like and that starts to connect the plumbing in a new way. When we can start to connect the manufacturers with the users, with the disposition process, with the recovery process, now all of a sudden we can talk and that gives us the opportunity to start thinking about how to do things better. Where we have an opportunity to connect the dots is by collaboration. Sustainability is a team sport. So by working together, we can start seeing how to, you know, in the short term, let's think about how to remarket and what it takes to remarket. In the longer term, let's use those relationships to reconnect and to help ourselves design better solutions that capture more value for all the users. How do you see this evolving as we look toward the future and continue to grow in this space? I think one of the trends that I definitely see as there's an increased emphasis on sustainability uh, in the IT asset disposition realm, it's really becoming a, a bigger, more global part of IT asset management. So starting with sensitive environmental design, utilizing more environmentally sensitive devices that that use less power consumption that have longer lifetimes, useful lives, and then ultimately, you know, disposing of those assets by first either repurposing them or remarketing them and then recycling them. It, it's a full, you know, it's a full process. It's not just about segmenting different parts of your uh of your program and purchasing or networking and utilizing assets and then disposing, they're all interrelated. And I think to have a truly successful uh, sustainability program and to really start generating these circular benefits, you have to embrace all these different phases of the process. In our last section, we talked about rising stakeholder expectations as it results to sustainable business practices. How will these expectations evolve and impact organizations? It's a good point. If you're being irresponsible, you're going to get found out. And the likely first folks that are going to turn you in are your own employees. And I think the converse is true. I think you'll be penalized. To the extent that things are becoming more and more transparent and you're a bad actor, you'll be penalized either in lower share price, uh, in, in your reputation taking a hit, backlash from consumers and employees. But I think the converse is true as well. I think organizations that act in a sustainable and responsible manner will be rewarded for those practices in the form of higher share price, in the in the form of higher consumer loyalty and greater employee retention um, as people are more satisfied and gravitate towards organizations that they perceive as acting in a sustainable, responsible, and socially beneficial manner. As organizations pivot to looking at population health, predictive and preventative models, how do you see sustainability and e-waste in particular plugging into that? What we're seeing is that sustainability, circular economy, is one example of organizations starting to think differently about how they're doing everything. And I think the healthcare industry is one of the early adopters because the healthcare industry gets the connections. In healthcare, we understand the connection between social impact, where you live, and the rest of the social connections 
with the environmental impacts, with health and well-being. We're starting to see all those dots connecting in the healthcare industry. And I think that means that we have to think holistically about how we're behaving as businesses, because maybe we've got a part of the issue in our own operations where we're making it worse. The opportunity is to think differently about the silos that we've been operating in in the past, start looking holistically and recognize that we have the opportunity to connect dots and get better outcomes, not only for managing the e-waste or the information that's in our in our waste stream, but how to manage the physical devices and the consequences of where they land and where they go. I think the opportunity there is huge because we see it in healthcare that it's all interconnected. And ideally, if we get it right, we're thinking through the process in a way that gets us better business outcomes, lower costs, higher performance, better investment returns, as well as better environmental and better social impacts. So as you're working with organizations on managing their e-waste, what are some things that they might not be aware of or or are surprised to hear about? Yeah, it is surprising, uh, first of all, that a a shocking percentage of even IT professionals think that you can permanently eradicate data simply by deleting it. That just simply isn't the case. That data is still there. Now, it's harder to access, but there is software available that can access deleted data very easily and it's widely commercially available. So that's number one. I think there's also, uh, and, and I think the perception and the, and the realization is increasing, but I still think there are a large number of healthcare uh, organizations that perhaps don't understand that there is end of life value in their, in their assets, that they can recover some of the fair market value of their IT and other electronic assets through remarketing, and that they can mitigate the data privacy risk by making sure that those assets are properly sanitized prior to remarketing, but that the remarketing can significantly lower their total cost of ownership. Um, The last point I would make is that not all uh, IT asset disposition firms or recyclers are created equal. There are third-party certifications uh, such as the uh, eSteward standard or the R2 standard, um, that, that the more credible and uh, rigorous IT asset disposition firms have earned and hold. They encompass a, a variety of uh, employee health and safety, data security, uh, environmental sustainability practices, and they ensure compliance with all laws and regulations. So it's important to deal with a credible partner, one that uh, adheres to best practices. And so you should definitely be looking for IT asset disposition firms that hold one of or more of these third-party designations. So you both have mentioned that we shouldn't be thinking about e-waste as a burden, but more of an opportunity. So and we've mentioned some of the environmental and social impacts that Uh, successfully managing e-waste can have. What are some of the opportunities for um, improving your brand and um, engaging with employees when you start to manage e-waste and really try to ramp up your environmental efforts? Trust is crucial to all businesses, but certainly in the healthcare industry, which builds on trust. And today, the expectation of stakeholders is that organizations be increasingly transparent about how they do everything around social and environmental performance in order to 
maintain that trust. Sometimes we get put on a pedestal and that's hard because the expectations rise. But the opportunity to share transparently information about the data of how we're measuring our performance on environmental and social issues is important to being able to first be transparent, be honest, and be authentic, but also to engage others in how to help us. You know, if they know what we're trying to get done, they can help. And so I think that one of the big trends going on these days is transparency in order to engage our stakeholders in that trusted relationship that can help solve problems. I imagine that making some of these big systemic changes can seem daunting for organizations that might be less mature in their sustainability efforts. There might also be some skepticism as to how much good an organization can really do. What would each of you say to organizations that are hesitant and are not sure where to start? Where I see the future going is even more collaboration. Working together, thinking differently about how we do each part brings so many more people to the, to the table and that gives us so much more opportunity to think differently about our challenges and create new opportunities. What's really interesting, I think, is that each of us you know, has one part, and so it might not feel huge. I have one e-waste management problem at my, at my institution or my facility that I need to deal with. It's true, but I think as we think about collaborating more, we start to think about each piece of the puzzle. If we can solve one, we can solve a different one. At Iron Mountain, we start to think about it as if we have the opportunity to think differently about business, to solve problems in new ways, then we sort of have this obligation to do it in a business-like fashion. Because once we figure it out, and yeah, it can be hard to figure out at first, but once we figure it out, then anybody can do it, right? And as that happens, we get this momentum going to help more and more organizations see the opportunity and to do things differently, to get better outcomes, better economic outcomes for our institutions and for our organizations, better environmental outcomes, and better health and human factors outcomes as well. So the momentum is gaining. And I think each of us has the opportunity to play our part, to use our day job as part of the solution, to figuring out how to use business for a bigger purpose and to be a force for good. I would say that um, what's, what's happening currently and what, what I think really will continue into the future is, is a change in mindset um, across a variety of industries, but, but in healthcare in particular, um, I think the, the change in mindset is shifting from a notion of waste disposal to risk management. So instead of just thinking of getting rid of like, the trashy IP assets, people are thinking more now about ensuring data privacy and environmental compliance. I think there's a shift in, in, the, in viewing this process as a cost and now thinking of it as an investment because of the benefits of sustainability uh, and also the possibility to lower the total cost of ownership of the assets through remarketing, repurposing, and reuse. Um, and instead of thinking of, of sort of sustainability as, as one concept and, and uh, you know, maximizing return on investment as a separate one, I think these notions are becoming fused so that corporations more and more and other organizations are really understanding that they can do well by doing good. So you've really uh, got an intersection between these two formerly separate ideas. 
Well, I think that wraps up our session. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks and have a great day. I appreciate the opportunity, Melissa. Thank you. To find more podcasts and a wealth of information focused on helping healthcare organizations manage and minimize the environmental impact of their digital technology with the goal of eliminating e-waste, please visit ironmountain.com slash sustainability.